welcome to the latest Kings of Anglia podcast. It's Thursday, which means it's time for the mailbag. Of course, we're all in self-isolation stations. Uh, I hope you're all keeping well out there. Looking forward to the Easter weekend. It's going to be a very different Easter weekend than we're, we're normally used to. Certainly no football, of course. But wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope you're staying safe, washing those hands. And as Dr. Watson says, staying the fuck at home, which is the official medical advice. Uh, my name is Mark Heath. I am your host, of course. And the three wise men are with me, which is fantastic. Dr. Stuart Watson, who was getting uh, undressed shortly before we started this. Just um, buttoning up the shirt there. She's very relaxed today. Producer Ross and, of course, Hutch Hogan, Andy Warren, who's been out in the garden with his daughter for most of the day. How are we all, boys? Hutchie, bring us up to speed, first of all. How's your week been so far? Up to speed. Um, probably the same as all of your all of your weeks. Delightful. Yeah. <laughs> Can we... There, there will be some people watching this on video. I think we need to address your eyewear situation. Just... Yeah, to be fair, I did mean to mention that in the intro. Um, if you're watching this on video, you'll notice that I'm wearing sunglasses. Now, some of you will think oh, that's because Heath is a big-time tit. But um, and that or just is true. A big, or it, just a big-time guy. Just yeah. a big... <laughs> that is true, obviously. But um, as I explained to the boys before we started recording, I'm sitting in my conservatory, which on a day like today is very, very bright. And thus, the only way I can actually see the screen, and indeed my phone, is by wearing sunglasses. So bear with me. Um, I appreciate it looks a little bit silly, but you should be used to that by now. So, um, Hutchie, you brought us up to speed on your day. Roscoe, how's how's your week been going? Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. There's really not much to say, is there? No. There must be, boys. You must be doing stuff. We I'm doing loads of stuff. Going out running, exercising. I'm making things that I've never made before. You must be doing stuff to fill the time. Oh, this was a hard part of our chat before when we were allowed to leave the house. So um, I'm not having. I'm not having this. I'm not having this. You boys must be doing stuff. You know where you're just sitting in your house doing nothing all day. Stewie, I know you went to Tesco's this morning. Fill us, fill us up to speed on that. Yeah. Please, yeah. please Stu, fill us in on that. <laughs> what did you buy? Uh, I my first schoolboy era was having gone a couple of weeks ago, which I realised I'd gone over a fortnight without driving my car, which was pretty mental. So first of all, I had to re remember how to drive. <laughs> I went to the supermarket. So a fortnight ago, I went at like half six in the morning to beat the rush. That was okay. So I went to do the same again today. Got there before seven o'clock, only to realise they've changed the opening hours. So it doesn't open till eight. So uh, I just stood in a queue in the car park for over an hour, uh, which was fun. Um, yeah, and did the whole two meter spacing shuffle, one way shuffle around the uh, the supermarket. How are the shelves like, looking? Are they full? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plenty yeah. of stuff in there at that time of day. It was fine. You stocked up for Easter. You got I oh, some Easter eggs and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, there wasn't a huge amount of Easter egg selection there, but I've managed to pick up pick up a few bits. So yeah, superb. See, boys. I know you think it's boring, but everyone is in the same boat at the moment. And this is our way of connecting with the, the KI Army, the listeners, is being relatable, telling stories about our lives, which I'm sure they're enjoying also at the moment themselves, the, the hardness, hardships, and also the fun. It's nice at times, isn't it, the lockdown? I'm certainly enjoying it anyway. Boys, let's talk about football. Um, obviously, normally it would be mailbag today, and we will get to mailbag. We've got lots of questions to get through. But there's been a bit of breaking news just before we came on air, as they'd say in live TV. Um, EFL update from Chairman Rick Parry. 
has uh, has basically said that teams can't resume training until May the 16th. Um, obviously, town we thought were looking towards the end of April for getting back into training. Um, he reckons the season is going to take 56 days to complete, including the playoffs. And at the moment, they're planning for that to be behind closed doors. There's also uh, a plan to potentially delay the start of the next season, which obviously would make sense given um, it's likely to be a, a much extended season this time. So um, your thoughts on that, if you will. May 16th before players can train again. So realistically, when, when will they be able to play again? They say three weeks, don't they? That's, that's kind of what the medical people are saying. Three mm. three week preseason, right? So that that'll take you best first week of June. Yep. And in town, have got is it eight games left. So in, in theory, you could play Saturday, Tuesday, couldn't you? So you could probably get that done in in, in a month, pretty much, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah we're starting to see a, a a rough outline of how there might be an end game here, aren't, aren't we? That most of the football is going to be kind of into June is probably the sort of timeline that we're looking at. Mm. If big if they can get back for the middle of May, two, three weeks, as Andy says, to kind of get get everybody back up to speed. Um and then squeeze all the games in kind of for for June. June's June and July. And then yeah, we'll have to have a probably a, then a shorter summer break than you would do normally and then maybe I don't know the football the next season starting again when I don't know September, October November I don't know they'd have to shorten the season as well surely wouldn't they you think for the the next season if they're going to start late aren't they talking about not having a recognisable break at all essentially wasn't that isn't that part of the the plan what just roll straight into the next season yeah minimal like a fortnight Essentially, I think the letter says they're going to they're taking into account the need for a break, and the season um, next season could well be delayed. So we shall see. Interesting. Something else which um, doesn't quite fall under news, but in the crazy world that we live in, looks like it's going to be our most read story of the month. Was uh, Ipswich Town getting ripped by the Colonel at KFC Hutchie this week? Got a lot of people interested. That Colonel. He's he's got a, he's got a proper eye on League One, and um, <laughs> he's not impressed with Ipswich Town. That's to, that's an understatement. He um, yeah. yeah, and I assume it must have been the Colonel himself doing the Twitter, probably. Yeah, or at least or at least like a junior Colonel, one of his offspring, having a little <laughs> dig at Ipswich, an Ipswich Town fan who had attempted to recreate a homemade KFC on. Um, and posted the picture. I thought he looked quite good, actually. The, the attempt that the, the, the guy had done. Five out of ten. Was gosh. Hugely unfair. Um, but um, yeah, Colonel not impressed. And as I say, looks like it's going to be the most read story of the month. So that's uh, obviously a sign of the times. Um, and also it's a story how, how well how well it was written. I think. Of course, yeah. And something else you wrote very well, just before we get on to Mailbag, and on, in terms of an update, Jack Lancaster, some positive news from town. You um, you spoke to him. He's looking at coming back to training. Obviously, now it can't be till May 16th, but he's been given the all-clear to train again, which is brilliant, obviously, for town. Yeah, yes, for great news. Great news. He hasn't played a competitive game since January 2019. Um, had a brief... A brief run in pre-season in the in the German the German tour played in some of the games there, uh, but suffered a second 
stress fracture in his back, but he's got the all clear from from specialists. He had a scan. They rushed the scan forward. Um, it was because they knew like lockdown was coming, so they rushed the scan forward by uh, a week or so. Went to London, had the scan, and it's come back clean. So he is good to go. Full training when, um, if and when anyone does do full training. <laughs> Everyone, anyone's allowed to kick a ball again. That leads us nicely into the first question of mailbag. So, Hotchie, could you do the honours with the tune and we'll get straight into the, into the mailbag? Mailbag, mailbag. It's time for Mark, Andy, Stuart and Russ to dip into the mailbag. <laughs> right, first question. Ross Wishart wants to know, in the event of return to action, could HMS piss the league, rise again from the murky depths with a fit again Norwood... KBY and Lancaster at the helm to set sail for Wembley and he adds would the EFL even bother with Wembley if the games were going to be closed, played behind closed doors so obviously the one positive of this delayed um, season this enforced suspension is that Town's injured players guys like Lancaster and KBY and Norwood you'd think would be fully fit when, when action kicks off again which would give them an advantage so could we see a run like the start of the season from town when the season does get underway again? Uh, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, no. <laughs> I'd be and very, they, very surprised. They go on a gallant run and just finish outside. I think they'll improve their... I think they would have improved their league position regardless, mm. um, sim- simply by the fixtures that, that are, are left to play. Um yeah, I don't think they're going to finish 10th, but I also don't think they're going to finish 6th. So it depends how gallant you want. I think Paul, Lambert, Paul Lambert's statement about we have to get the season finished because num- number one, we've got a really good chance of promotion was um, <laughs> a little overplaying it, shall we say, deluded. Um, yeah. I think the bookies put them at 16 to 1 finish in the top six and then you look at other start, uh, websites like that sports club stats website we've used a few times which simulates every possible result and has various formula that goes into it I think they've now put Ipswich down as a one percent shot at finishing sixth now so that shows you how much of an outside chance it is but mm. I think this break probably does play into their hands they confidence and momentum is such a massive thing and it was at rock bottom, you know, seven defeats in nine. So maybe this does kind of reset things psychologically a little bit. You get some players back from injury, the, the ones that you mentioned, Vincent Young, James Norwood, get him up to speed. Um, you never know. The, you know, the fixtures on paper are kind. We've talked about that. You know, the run-in is against a load of teams down the bottom of the table that they, they beat earlier in the season. You would have to win pretty much every game or darn close to it to stand a chance. You're looking at six wins from eight minimum, probably more than that. It's a big ask. Mm. And how about, I, I, I wonder, obviously the playoffs are taken into account in this EFL statement, but you wonder if the games are all behind closed doors. How empty would that feel at Wembley? Because obviously Wembley is huge and playing at Wembley with no one there would be really odd. So I don't know if they'd find a Local park. Yeah, get it on down Chantry Park, absolutely. Um, Nigel G, 
friend of the show, also one of our health heroes. And also, Ross, we should mention that you've done a, a My Out FC with Nigel and his uh, his son, Jay. is it Jamie? Jamie, yeah. Yeah, um, so it's, just to explain that, you're doing these My ITFC fan videos, basically, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, um, I caught up with our Norwegian friend, Sindra Alarsson, today. Ah, the Viking. chat with him. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> he, he mentioned, I should say, to Hachi that I am now the leader of the Norwegian Itchwish Town supporters group. So you are. Place. Yeah, I am, yeah. So what's, uh, I'll, uh, what's the capital of Norway, Ross? Oslo. Oh, <laughs> impressive. OK. It's because it's because he's from Oslo. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Nigel wants to know, um, he says, I called the lads three wise men on the last pod. True. Um, if they were the original three wise men, what alternative gifts would they have taken to the birth of Christ? Jesus. First of all, can someone establish what is frankincense and myrrh? I think they're fragrances, aren't they? Do they have? Did it? Did they have like an advert like fragrances have now? What like Dior like and a, stuff like that? Yeah, like a black and white RT shot of you know topless Jesus. <laughs> that wouldn't work because they were giving that, it to baby Jesus, obviously. Yeah. But. Uh, no, I, I would imagine they wouldn't. No. Um, so, what? You, obviously, you're going to the birth of, of a mythical, a mythical child. Um, what are you taking? What are you giving? So you're the mythical child, aren't you? In this, in <laughs> this question, what, if I was Jesus, which um, yeah. I was going to, I was going to gloss over. I've got to be honest. Um, what gift would I like to receive? And obviously, he says Jaffa cakes from Ross. I don't know, boys. What are you, what are you bringing to the party when you? you no, have no, this is about what you want. This is this is question is to you. What do you want from us? The question is to you, my friend. The question is. No, it's not. Listen to the question. <laughs> if they were the original three wise men, what alternative gifts would they have taken to the birth of Christ? It's quite simple. That's the question. Chicken. Chicken. <laughs> a, a, chick, a chicken as well. A chicken. So before you kill the chicken, eat the chicken. You can have a chicken to you know have eggs, and yeah. then when it's you know time to kill it, kill it. If you're a vegetarian, then you know keep keep uh, it. I don't yeah. think there were many vegetarians back then. I've got to be honest. No, um, uh, okay. a single a single live chicken. Yeah, you could take like a, you could take a, a male and female chicken, and they can procreate and give eggs and all sorts. Plenty. It could be the gift that carries Plenty on much. giving. Yeah. You boys, obviously, as parents, you must be going to christenings all the time. What do you take to christenings? <laughs> all the time. <laughs> can't move move for christenings that's what you're doing <laughs> when you've got kids you go to christenings and have mummy friends and stuff like that so what do what do you uh what do you take to christenings probably probably a gift voucher or something yeah yeah i'll give them a, a nando's <laughs> gift card um <laughs> you say i don't know you take like i've not been to many christenings but a nice story to read yes um, yeah, if you if you like, there's some there's some absolute bangers out there in terms of children's stories. So um, I'd probably take him both of the Gruffalo books. Yeah. Um, Room on the Broom. That's another banger. Um, what the Ladybird heard. Good. Yeah. 
um, and Monkey Puzzle. Again, great book. Solid. So, is Iron? Was does she have Monkey Puzzle? Uh, yeah, all of those. All of the. Um, yeah. yeah. Those ones. All the big ones. We all. Uh, we all girls both christened. No. no. Ah. Stewie. No. Hmm. Interesting. Um. Are you christened? Huh? Are you christened? Was any of us been christened? Uh, I, I was christened. Yeah. Oh. My my sister wasn't. Oh. Um, yeah, didn't bother That's... with her. No, <laughs> she was beyond saving. <laughs> uh, Harry Butcher, friend of the show, number seven, I think Harry is with the arrows. He says, Best. I remember on holiday when I was on the way back, I persuaded my dad to listen to the pod for the first time. Afterwards, he could not stop repeating the phrase friend of the show and took the mickey out of me for being a show favorite. He said, says Harry, that Stewie was his favourite. Unbelievable. <laughs> Your dad's obviously got terrible taste, Harry, if you don't mind me saying. Um, another question from Ross Wishart. Do we even have to bother with the bank holiday tomorrow? Because really, what's the point? Obviously, we have two bank holidays coming up, Easter, uh, Good Friday and Bank Holiday Monday, Easter Monday. Um, we'll be working over much of that. What do you reckon the rest of the people are going to be doing on, on their bank holidays? Much the same as they have been doing, I guess. Barbecues. Yeah, barbecues have definitely got to be number one. Have we all got barbecues planned for the weekend? Uh, I've got a barbecue that I inherited from my parents many years ago when yeah. they moved house. And it's I've not used it. And it's a gas barbecue. Yes. And it's been sat gathering dust in my shed for well over five years never used and i'm a bit concerned that it could just spontaneously bust the minute i turn it on but i really want a barbecue why have you never used it uh i don't know i just haven't i uh, no, i i had a i had a cold barbecue and a, but i i struggled to get them going to be quite honest you need one of those little kettles don't you to get yeah. the the coals going i didn't have that i had a couple of bad experiences and then i never bothered with barbecues again um but yeah it feels like that's what everyone's going to be doing this weekend but i also can't really risk blowing my own face off <laughs> and needing to go to the hospital so um i don't know we'll see it must be worth a little investigation stewie i mean gas barbecues i was skeptical for a long time but now we've got one and uh, i love it it's you cheating can to be honest it's, it's not, not cheating you can control the heat it's perfect it's fantastic trust me and and they've, they've all got these like lava rocks as well which give the the smell the taste and smell of charcoal fantastic mate get on it but uh, obviously if you do um, hear an explosion tomorrow around the uh, the kind of west suffolk stone market area that was that was Stu trying to barbecue so um there we go <laughs> jason hi good to see you're all in good health he says from what you're hearing, will all contracted staff return to Playford Road, assuming the season resumes, or will it just be the core first team playing staff needed to complete the fixture obligations? Now, obviously, Town have put their non-playing staff in furlough. Um, what have you heard on that in that regard, Stewie? Are, are people just going to come back when everything's all all, uh, all settled? I don't know. That's a good question, actually. I'd never really thought about whether they would stagger the people back after furlough I, I don't is there a minimum period of time that you have to be on furlough i know obviously with 
with people at our place starting to go on, on furlough, they're talking about it's a minimum of a month, a month, and then yeah. they review it after that. So yeah. I don't know if that is, is that the scheme or is that just company by company? I think it, it depends. I know my um, brother-in-law has been put on furlough as well and he's, he's on for three weeks. So I guess it would be flexible, but they have to state when they put you on furlough, how long the minimum period is. So I don't, obviously we're not privy to that in terms of. Yeah, time. I don't know. I, the question I suppose is, can, will, will they, could there still be off-field staff on furlough while games are being played? Um, yeah. Question, I don't, I don't know. Do we know what's happening with the players in that regard, in terms of wages? Are they still taking their full wages and, and all that kind of um, box of vipers? Are they are they still on full pay? Uh, as far as I'm aware, yeah. If they'd yeah. have furloughed, there's only a handful of clubs that are furloughing players at the moment. I think Sunderland is probably the most high profile of the clubs to have announced that so far. Obviously, and I use the term only, in the mm. loosest possible way, but you're only saving two and a half grand a month of their wages because that's the maximum amount, which obviously um, in football terms is for many is scratching the surface, but uh, it still would be significant savings, I suppose, across the, the whole squad over a month or so. But Ipswich haven't gone down that route. They've only gone down the off-field staff route thus far. Um and the last I'd spoken to someone that I think they're having, they're waiting to see how the kind of the bigger conversation amongst between the PFA and um, the leagues and stuff had panned out higher up the chain before kind of Ipswich players as a, as a whole decided what route they wanted to go down with wage deferrals or donations mm. and stuff like that. So um, there may well be an announcement from an Ipswich perspective on that to come. Okay. Harvey Davis. Friend of the show. Number three. Sweet, sweet Um, This one is for all of you. It's a good question. Uh, we get these kind of things asked a lot. What is the best championship slash League One club for putting on a spread, i.e. food, on match day? Where's the best food? Championship and League One. Championship is Aston Villa. Yeah, and I, I don't think there's a much competition there. I think that's I think that they've run away with that in my book. Just explain. Um, I know what I mean. What you get in Aston Villa? Um, previously, what had a full like plenty of football clubs will give you some kind of chili slash curry, something like that. But what Villa do is they'll also give you a poppadom, some nice. naan, maybe maybe a bit of garlic bread to go with some lasagna. Yes, nice, something nice to drink. Uh, dessert. Um, cheese yeah. board. You get a cheese board. Was it? Yeah, there were some like little cakes out on a on a stuff like that. I think the the cheese. There was a cheese board at half time or full time. I'm not sure. I actually saw that, but um, I tell you, we we made a mistake at Nottingham Forest, didn't we? Last time, we got in we got into the press room and found there was like a a a spread of like beautiful meats and I think wasn't it some hot beef as well and um but we'd just been to a chip shop so didn't have any oh mate big, big, big mistake so Villa's Villa's the best um how about the, the worst in, in the championship before we get on to league one before I say best uh, before yeah. moving to worst can I also give the QPR pies a mention 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're small, but they're world class. Mm. We have been known to complete a hat trick of pies pre match at QPR. Are we, t- are we, t- are we talking meat pie or a range of pies? Yeah, some, some meat pie, yeah. Nice. Steak, steak and ale type. Lovely. Pie. So, what about the worst in the championship then before we move on to League One? Where, where do you not look forward to getting your food from? Anywhere that gives you a voucher to go and spend. Uh, here's, here's a voucher to go and exchange for somewhere at the kiosk. And then, uh, I don't know, some, some of the offerings, some of the pie offerings at those are, are not great, are they? Okay. How about the best in League One then? Sunderland, one would imagine, somewhere like that? Sunderland was good this year, actually. Yeah. I think, was it? What was it? Was it lasagna, Stu? Can't remember. Think? I think it was. Sunderland's good anyway. Agree with that, Stewie? Uh, yeah, they all blur into one, to be honest, after a little while. It's generally. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> generally, it's some sort of one of those little. Um, I don't know what you describe them as, little sort of ovens with, with a clear sort of door that you open that just keeps some pucker pies warm or something like yeah. that. Um, yeah. But yeah. Rosto, being as you're obviously um, pitch side and not in not mm. in the press box, do you still get to partake in the food that the Cubs put on? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Oh, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Where was that? You were telling me about some amazing burger van or something, wasn't there, somewhere that you, you found? Uh, Rotherham. Rotherham. Uh, of course, that's not part of the... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Just, just, just to uh, let the people know. So that was. What, do you remember the name of the burger van? Oh, there is a picture of it somewhere. But yeah, me and good old Mike, who took me to the game, we uh, decided to have a little stop there and a nice burger. Yeah. I just can't remember what it's called now. While you I try don't... and remember that, I want to ask the boys: What's the single best meal slash food that you've been given in your career covering sport? Can you remember? Is there anything that stands out? Um, yeah, and anything that's put on in the media room at Wembley, yeah, is is outrageous. It's really, really good. Uh, I think the last time I covered an event there was some kind of sausage casserole. Yeah, um, very, very good. Oh, uh oh, Barry Kent. Oh, what's he want? He's ringing me. I don't chat. know why. I'll ring him back later. That's the owner of the Scarlet Lady. Yeah. So Wem- Wembley's good. Stewie, any, any, anything to add to that? Uh, food? I don't know. The boys who... I, I never got to cover like the Chelsea or the Arsenal away games, but the boys who were there still wax lyrical about what you get at that level of football club. But Yeah. Um, yeah, we're not really there for the food. All I care about is if the Wi-Fi works. That's you know the food. The food's a bonus, really. Most of the time, we don't expect to get fed. We kind of stop on on the way up, don't we? OK Diner or uh, Forest yeah. and Millwall are two in particular that we always. It's tradition to go to a proper greasy spoon cafe and get some fish and chips with curry sauce and yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, nice one, Peter Dwelly House. If you were forced into gladiatorial combat, but could only choose a weapon that isn't typically considered a weapon, 
What non-conventional weapon would you choose? Good question. On a, on a slightly unrelated note, I've often thought that if you were going to commit a murder, the most perfect murder weapon would be a bit of frozen meat. You could just yeah. you could <laughs> do some... an ice pick. Huh? An ice pick melts afterwards. Made out of ice. Yeah, something like that. You could you could batter someone with slash um, do whatever you needed to do to them to end their being, uh, and then either eat or melt said implement. But in terms of gladiatorial combat, I guess you're just picking something heavy, aren't you? Within reason. Is Benson snoring? Yeah. yeah. I was... <laughs> Either that or someone else has got a cow in their house. You see him? He's sort of, he's on the, he's on the sofa. I don't know if you can. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> Flat out. Yeah. That's nothing. Like that is, that is very, very lightweight snoring for when he really gets going. Um, is that gonna? Is that too loud, though, boy? Seriously, do I need to? Uh, do I need to move him on? Oh, it's, it's fine. Nah, he's, he's all right. Um, I meant to. Um, I just te- texted Barry back to apologise for not taking his phone call and accidentally texted Barry Fry. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll see how that one ends up. Oh, uh, we should do that one day. Just get you sending random text to your, your kind of random contacts in your phone and see where we go. Yeah. Stewie sending stuff to Joe Royal and Kieran Dyer and all those sort of people. We're allowed to do the text messages. Who is just out of interest, um, Hutchie? Who's the who's the uh, who's the best contact you've got in your phone, or, or who pe- people would think was the most impressive? Um, Stu. Nah. <laughs> Cop out. Come on, you've got some big hitters in there. Um, I haven't really not. Not in the actual grand scheme of who real big hitters are. Phil the Power Taylor. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you'd like that. Stewie, how about you? You were, you were obviously um, you were talking to Big Mick the other day, weren't you? So he's obviously on, in, your, uh, in your phone book. Who else have you got in your contacts? Yeah, Mick, Mick wasn't up for doing... Mick wasn't up for doing something on the record... Yeah. Uh, I, knew, I knew the answer would be no anyway. It's the day after he'd um, formally had his, I'd say, lost his job with Ireland. Um, yeah. He was always going to leave, but it's obviously slightly strange circumstances. But um, yeah, he, he said no. He's, full marks for trying. Shy boys to get nothing was his response. But um, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hold my hold my tongue on that one on Ipswich. But we had a little catch up. He's all right. He's yeah. doing okay. Roscoe, you must have some some contacts in your in your book. Who's the who's a most impressive slash famous person you've got in your personal contacts? Uh, Barry Cotter. Obviously. Uh, obviously. Hey, Chris, you've got Drizzy in there, I assume. Yeah, got him, got him. Uh Dean McDonald, you know. Yeah. Uh <laughs> all the big ones. <laughs> all the big ones. Is Dean like McDonald your best friend now? I like yeah, I like Dean. Me, we do um do a. Uh, do a nice little catch up every week just to see how we are and how the families are and stuff. So all that. So nice. yeah. Tell you another tell you another one, Mark. Um yeah. I've got Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. What? If you want that number. Why on earth have you got Kirk Cousins number in your phone? Uh from a previous previous uh job 
and the interview that I did as part of that. What was he like? Was he a good lad? Uh, yeah, they're very highly media trained. They know yeah. what they're doing. American get, get, get it, get it done. Was yeah. his approach to that interview. How do their so cliches no. compare to the uh, the English, the t- the football cliches? Are they even more cliched than? The um. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Interesting. Uh, Matt Thomas. Friend of the show. Five. I think he's five. Mighty Matt. He says, I found myself tidying areas of the garden that human life has avoided for decades. With that in mind, what abilities do you think ITFC players past and present had that were well hidden? Um, and he's, he says, Grant Ward. He often beat the fullback for pace in the first few minutes, then never seemed to try again. <laughs> Great shout. <laughs> so hidden abilities that town players have had, past and present. Is there anyone that's ever played for town who's like a, a really good uh, piano player or musician or anything like that? You know, you kind of hear about... Toto? He was, of course, yeah. He, he played the piano, didn't he? Jay Tab, obviously, was a, a really good golfer. So was Jimmy Bullard. I think Jimmy Bullard was actually t- talking about playing on the tour, wasn't it, at one point? Uh, yeah, no, I think that was, yeah, Tab. Um, Tab. Jay Tab was also massively into classical music. I don't know if he could play the uh, piano, but he, he certainly he had favourite pianists that he would go and see in concert and things like that that people probably didn't know about him. Interesting. Um, Who's your favourite pianist? My favourite pianist? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> Ross Holes. Yeah, we're going to get that. Uh, Luke Penning wants, to, wants know, to know, you did your best, your best. Eleven. Um, he says it would be interesting, interesting to hear your opinions on the worst town I'll give you a name to start. start. Vermin Lekaskar. He was a man that was living his dream and was horribly out of his depth. Yeah. I and guess Bannon Barney would have to be in there on that in that respect as well. Yeah, that's exactly the same situation, I think, yeah. for him celebrated like a madman after scoring in pre-season against Southend, virtually jumping in with the crowd and then got subbed yeah. a minute before half-time on his debut. Didn't didn't play again. Um, we ought to track him down, actually. He'd be interested to speak to. Because he's back. Is he back right. in? Have we? Yeah, Hutchie, yeah, I think. Got... We've, tri- we've tried all of them. Don't, don't you worry. <laughs> There's no one I can come up with. <laughs> Um, throw some other names out then for the worst eleven that you'd, you'd stick in there. From my from my sort of time of watching them last ten years or so, uh, the Polish fella that Mick oh, um, only referred to him as Malachik. Peter Malachic, yeah, yeah, he he was rubbish. Yeah. Um, who else? Poor guy. He got to play at old. He got to start at Old Trafford ahead of Luke Chambers. Mm-hmm. Which... How about um, James Alabi? Mm-hmm. He was great. <laughs> what, you can't knock him, can you? He played once, scored a goal. What are you? True. To be you fair, him. to be fair, he gave, he gave one of. In terms of like post-match, oh, sorry, signing press conference levels of confidence versus actual output for the club has got to be sort of the widest gap I've ever seen. Yeah. He said he when he signed, he said, "I'm here to provide." What did he say? Pace, pace, pace power. Goal. 
goals and more goals or something yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. How about Leon Best? Yeah, well, and then when you're getting into the bracket of people who, in terms of how much they cost against how little they gave to the club, Leon, Leon Best, Cameron Stewart, yeah. um, people like that. Tom Addy, Amy. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult when you talk about people like that, when in, when injuries have gone against them, him, Giles Cope, stuff like that. It wouldn't have been through the want of trying. Um, Who's the worst keeper Tanner have had that you've seen? Mm. He's getting louder, isn't he? Can you? Can you? Yeah. He's uh, he's warming up now. <laughs> Do you let him sleep on your bed? Yep. I like it. I'm used to it. Like I find it quite therapeutic. But um, it all depends the angle he's lying at and what surface he's lying on. If he's on the floor, it can real. It can properly like shake. It feels like it shakes the floor. Yeah. Once he gets going, it's uh, it's very loud. Anyway, I'm not going to let you get away with this. Who's the worst keeper that Town have had that you've seen play? Aaron Lee Barrett. Lee Barrett. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was not that great. Boys. Uh, um, I missed the period where they had a new goalkeeper every week. Um, so my watching of Ipswich Town goes from Richard Wright. Straight through to Kelvin Davis, who was brilliant. Yeah. Um, Andy Marshall? Yeah, he... I thought he was okay. He just... He just had some terrible moments. But out of the ones I've seen, he's probably... Yeah, he's probably going to be... Always, would you say Um, I enjoyed watching Sereni more. He... uh. He at least was fun, mm. fun to watch. But um, yeah. Okay, let's move on. had good goalkeepers when I've been watching. Yeah, let's move on. Paul M. Macca, the legend. He says, if you were to audition for a singing contest, what song would you sing? He says, mine would be Hey Jude, which obviously would be a classic from McCartney. Although, as we've already established, you should not still be singing. Um, so, boys. Who amongst us fancies themselves as a songbird? Any of you reckon you can hold a tune? No. I certainly do not. Um, so if you're going on X Factor, what are you singing? Obviously, Ross is doing Baby Cakes. So that's that's a given. Oh. I'd probably Ross, rap. Yeah. We could do it as a group. Oh, rap. We could do the Fresh Prince rap like we did that time. Yeah, be up for that. I'd probably wrap Eminem, Lose Yourself. I'd probably try and do and I fail mi- fail miserably. Good, I like it. Um, that would be one of the worst bits of, of being a footballer, I think, is every time you sign for a new club, they make you do that as a... Generally, you have to sing as part of an initiation song. Yeah. On a coach or on a hotel for an away day. If, I'll, I'll from what I've heard from sports teams' initiation ceremonies, if you only have to sing, you've got away pretty lightly. So... Um, I think that'd be all right. All you have to do is sing. Uh, Ross Evans, in this time you're not currently in your office in Archant Towers, is there anything you would change in your workplace? Careful, boys. Uh, layout, facilities, etc. Hmm. <laughs> I can think of some I don't changes. know if that's a really good question or one of the most dull questions that I've ever... <laughs> I've ever... 
ever heard. I think uh, sports should be moved further away from everyone, ideally. Uh, and we should definitely get some better snacks in the snack machine. That could be massively improved. Uh, and also, we could have access to hot water so we didn't have to boil in a kettle first. That'd be good. Um, what about you, boys? We could do with a we do with a studio, couldn't we? An in an in yes. office studio. Yes, will be good. Um, we've been trying to sort of commandeer commandeer a a little corner of the office somewhere that we can set up for like a TV studio and hang up some shirts and scarves and things, haven't we? But they won't let us have anywhere. No, so plain white backgrounds it is. Yeah. I'll tell you what, one thing that should change though, yeah. is, and this and this should annoy you and Stu, Mark, more than more than it does me and Ross. Mm. Behind the two of you, yeah, um, there is a relatively wide gap between the edge of your desk and a, a wall that's still also quite close to you. Yeah, people should not be using that as a corridor. That is not a walkway. That is yeah. that is your space. That does annoy. There are certain people who use that as a pathway to the mm. kitchen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Should not be doing that. It's wrong. 100% agree. And also, I thought you were going to say the TVs, which we have behind us, which um, are these kind of state-of-the-art flat-screen TVs, are never on and can't actually pick up any normal TV. That That's a wind-up for me. Um, You've got your back to it anyway. I know, but I'd still like to turn around and, and watch a bit every now and then. I could um, get a Sky Sports back as well. A year or so, a couple of years ago, yeah we, yeah, we got a bit tight and we had to cancel it. So when when we're in working on a Sunday or whatever, we can't even have a bit of football on in the background. So, but yeah, what we have to get the old pub license, can we? What's that interference? Anyone else picking that up? Who's crackling? Stop, Stop now. now. Anyway, next question. Jack Wiles, one of the KOA Live crew. Will coronavirus mean Lambert gets another chance and won't be sacked once it's mathematically impossible to make the top six? It's taken the heat off of him, I think. To be quite honest, it was starting to the heat was starting to build, wasn't it? And I think mm. now, uh, it just talking about football in those sort of terms just doesn't feel right at the moment. The pressures of football and people being under pressure because it just doesn't strike the right tone with rightly with what's going on in the world right now. Um, I've I seen a piece where Paul's been saying about how maybe when football restarts, fans will engage with it a little bit differently. They'll, you know, Maybe people will realise that football is there for, for fun and enjoyment and not to be kind of treated as doom and gloom. Um, got my doubts about that, I think. Fairly, fairly quickly, Pete, yeah. you know, it will fall back into what it's always been, football. Um, has it saved his job? My gut instinct was he was going to stay anyway. The, the noises that we were hearing from Leo Neal and people within the club is that I didn't feel like there was any change imminently. Uh, I still felt that they would have turned the form around to some degree, given the fixtures that were left, and that would have been enough for them to give him at least another transfer window to see what he could do with the squad this summer. Mm. I, I might be wrong, but that, that's... All the noises we were hearing kind of pointed towards that, didn't they, Hutchie? It felt that way, didn't it? And I, I think what this does do, like you said, it t- takes the heat off to an extent. And I think it gives 
it gives him and them the freedom um, in the last eight games for what they actually can produce on the pitch to be judged maybe a little more impartially than certainly that it might have been and arguably more than it deserves to be as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think when football does come back, it's, it's going to be, it, certainly during that eight-game period, I think it, Ipswich Town football will be looked at differently and then and then we'll see where it goes from there but yeah it doesn't I don't think it was a nailed on certainty that he was going to go anyway because simply but if they finished outside the top six I I certainly don't think that was just a nailed on line in the sand. Do you think given that this season's obviously going to be extended and it's likely there will be a shorter break between the two seasons that will make teams less inclined to pull the trigger on people they're kind of wavering over because obviously the time factor in terms of getting someone else new in is going to be significantly less. Do you think if someone's thinking, oh, uh, I'm not sure, I'm going to have to stick with him, that kind of thing, do you reckon we could see that kind of effect? Possibly. Possibly. If you've got a... It's different for every club though, isn't it? It's, yeah. Um, it, it might affect whether some clubs are actually able to pay compensation fees for managers if they ended their contracts early like yeah there's going to be effects all over all over the game from this and, and clubs will do a lot of and not just talking about managers here they'll they're going to do things in all areas of their business that they might not have done before this happened some of those might be relatively positive things and some of them some of them won't be won't be positive things but i think it, it's going to change the change the business side of football in in lots of Lots of kind of small to medium sized ways, and probably some big ones as well. If you I don't know if this is, sorry, sorry. Just on the contract thing, I don't know if this has been announced publicly yet. I haven't read every single statement that's come out, but from a conversation I had with someone this week, is that I think they're pretty much going to say that all contracts that expire were set to expire at the end of this season. They would automatically lengthen them to whenever this season finishes so if you know if the season does go beyond june 30th i think they, they would automatically make them end at the end of this season so you won't have players sort of coming out of contact out of contract yeah. midway through the season type situation i think fifa have said that haven't they i think they've yeah. come out and said that um i just wonder if say if the, if the break is only a month at the end of the season and you're looking at getting rid of a manager You've got to get rid of a manager, find a new manager, sign a bunch of new players, get rid of some old players. That's hardly any time at all. Because as we know, football shuts down basically for a month. Normally, when the season finishes, players go away, managers go away. And then it kind of kicks back in end of June, start of July sort of time. So everything's going to have to be compressed, isn't it? In this, what you'd imagine is going to be a shortened break between the seasons. It's going to be very interesting to see what kind of effect that has. Alex Herbert, he says, I'm a bit behind, but I've just finished series one of Sunderland Till I Die. Is it just me who thinks Jack Rodwell was used as a massive scapegoat? I understand the club were in trouble, but they gave him a contract of 70 grand a week and then expected him to tear it up willingly, become a free agent and get picked up on a championship club at best on wages of maybe 20k max per week. He says, ethics and morals aside, surely nobody would give up 50 grand a week willingly. <laughs> Be good to get the guy's opinions. Yeah, I mean, he certainly was painted as a kind of villain, wasn't he, in, in, in Series 1, greedy and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, he was getting paid, as, as Alex says, 70 grand a week to basically train and, and not really do a lot else. And that's that's a pretty good deal. They've given him the deal. 
fair play. Um, have you all finished um, season two? Yep. No. Yeah. Yeah. What were your impressions of season two? Who's the geezer, the um, the David Brenter like? The uh, Charlie Metford. Yeah. He's great. He's terrible. Star, star, star of the show. He I is. actually really liked him. He's clearly he's clearly a knobhead. Yeah. <laughs> but I really liked him. <laughs> he certainly is, as they say in the trade, good TV. Makes good TV. Um, Daryl yeah. Jones. D. Jones Jacks. Brand. I think Ross Ross sing. Yeah. Friend of the show, 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 show. All right, don't show off. Number one. number one, the original and best. Giver of crisps. Uh, Daryl says, Kings of Anglia investigative journalism. Has anyone rung the shops near the players' houses to see who's currently buying all the pies? <laughs> now then, this is a concern, isn't it? Because obviously, players originally, we think we're aiming towards the end of April to get back in training. And now we, they know they can't train at all in terms of group training until May the 16th. So do you know, boys, behind the scenes, they must be working doubly hard, the, the fitness guys at town, to try and keep players on track. But the temptation mm-hmm. is... It's what is it? April the what's the date today? April the 9th. April the 9th. You know you're not training at all until May the 16th in terms of a group setting. There's going to be a temptation there to take the old foot off the pedal, isn't there? Especially in the world we're living in at the moment, which is very much a, an odd vibe. So our, our town's strength and conditioning guys really putting the hammer down and making sure that people are committing to their, their training plans. Jim Henry strikes me as someone that you wouldn't want to let down. Former yeah. former judo champ. He's the uh, you've probably seen him out on the pitch before the games. He he looks double hard with his skinhead. He's a um, really lovely guy when we met him in pre-season, wasn't he, Jim? But also I think he's someone you want to stay on the right side of. So I think he's very much, you know, in this world of FaceTime and technology and stuff, they're able to kind of give them bespoke um, training regimes to keep up to date with um, stuff like that but I also really like the idea of when football resumes there might be a couple of little tubby boys that come back that maybe have just yeah. not taken it as seriously not necessarily for Ipswich but just I, I hope at some point we see someone and go you've not been putting the work in mate have you? <laughs> Surely chief among them in terms of concern would be James Norwood he strikes me as someone who's probably stuffing his face with pizza and pies at the moment not particularly, uh, obviously coming from non-league, not really being big into the nutrition in his in his career. He'd be one who's worry who would worry me. But as you say, like you see, you've seen the um, the Nigel Clough documentary, uh, I believe in miracles. Training back in those days, the players used to come back like a stone overweight uh, and kind of smoking and drinking, and they'd use the first like couple of weeks literally just to run, run the weight off. So maybe we'll see return to those halcyon days get players training around Ipswich John Watson another one of your my ITFC friends Ross mm-hmm. big Good John man. what three things are you most missing from normality and what three things are you least missing and he says keep safe fellas same to you John thanks for your lovely message by the way John um, about the podcast that was very nice indeed um, so three things you're missing and three things you're not obviously the obvious things family um, being able to do what you want go to the gym Go to cinema, whatever. Are there any anything you're specifically missing, boys? Swimming. Yeah. 
Yeah, family swimming. I mean, rather than um, rather than speedos on pounding the lengths, um, <laughs> more kind of a more of a family behave. You're better than that. Um, um, more like the fa- fam- family swim sessions. Can't you get one of them? Can't you get one of them like uh, big inflatable pools in your back garden, Hutchie? Um, the neighbours would would not want to be peering over the fence seeing you speedos on pounding the lengths (laughs) look I've I've said calm it down behave you're better than that (laughs) clearly not so Hutchie you've given us swimming Roscoe what are you missing Nando's for real (laughs) Uh, family really just you know seeing family and friends really yeah. Sometimes you take that for granted, really. You don't, you know, when it's normal, you just sort of like, yeah, they're there. If you want to see them, yeah, you, you go and see them. But now you, well, you can't. So I think that's one of the big things, I think. You absolutely do. I do wonder how many, how it's going to impact on people's kind of perspectives and approach to life. Because you're right, those, those kind of things, my mum and dad live a few miles down the road. And um, obviously I could just go around and see them whenever I wanted to. But now you, when you can't, it, it really makes you think, doesn't it? Especially yeah. with situation with my parents my dad's not very not very well he's on the high risk register so obviously worrying about about him um and physically not being able to to see them is odd isn't it it's it's it does make you think stewie how about you what are you missing uh, yeah that's, that's the obvious answer really isn't it just sort of i think it's just having that sort of your liberties taken away from you it's not even would I be doing loads more than I have done when I think about my usual sort of lifestyle, go to and from the office, we travel to games and stuff. I see friends and family intermittently, not as much as I'd like, but you still try and do it once a month or whatever. But just having that option taken away from you feels like you're, I don't know, it's strange, isn't it? It's strange having it sort of um, taken away from you, just having the option to do to do what you want. Little things as well, just going and grabbing a coffee or going out for something to eat just all, all those little things like that that you realize kind of add pleasure to your to your weekly regime of kind of being taken away so now that's stuff we're not missing i'll tell you what i'm not missing i'm not missing going into the office uh, what else am i not missing huh thanks not not for you boys you know for well what i'm talking about um and the other thing i'm not missing is having to make excuses to get out of things I don't want to do, which uh, is golden for me because my, you know, normally my life is spent trying to think of reasons why I can't go on some to someone's house to have a pointless meal or whatever. Um, so yeah, now, now I don't have to think about that and I can be incredibly antisocial and it's, it's bound by law. That is fantastic. Give me something, boys, that you're not missing. Don't leave me hanging. <laughs> Can I be honest? Yeah. I haven't missed the games that much so far. Ooh. Which not not just because of I'm talking from a from a working perspective, and there will come a point where I I really miss going to live football and the job that we do, but also it can get we're getting to that we were getting to that stage of the season where it can start the just the travel and the constant relentless nature of covering the press conferences traveling to the games and i know people 
it's not always easy to say because people will be listening to this get like I get it we're super privileged to do the job that we do but there comes a point where this has just been quite refreshing to take a step back from that get off that hamster wheel and do some different mm -hmm. types of work that we don't normally get to do to, to do some longer reads to mm -hmm. to do some different types of interviews and stuff like that so yeah just I uh, haven't massively missed that at the moment I will but at the minute I've quite enjoyed the break from from that take a few more questions Sam Tampin this is a good question I don't know if you'll know the answer to this boys what's happening with direct debits for season ticket holders if games are played behind closed doors obviously they're still taking the direct debits aren't they Stu but do you know if there's a plan in place for what happens if the games are, are behind closed doors um They've just said that they'll cross that bridge when they get to it. They can't make a decision on that until they know whether the season's A going to be finished, B going to be played behind closed doors, and they'll make a call on that then. I'm, mm. I'm sure they've probably already had discussions as to what to do. I don't know if they're actually bound to give money back pro rata, um, but I would imagine that it will probably be the right kind of gesture, whether you just get back the money sort of pro rata for the games that you you miss or whether it rolls into some sort of offer for next season i don't know but they'll they'll look at that as and when interesting to see what they do there uh, and then andy roberts has asked us a lot of questions so i'll pick i'll pick my favorite one uh, he's asked about all-time teams which we did actually uh, on monday andy so you can go back and listen to that the boys will pick their their all-time town 11s um andy says What's your favourite beer or bottle of wine? Well, for you, Heathy, isn't it? Well, I'm not the only one who drinks beer and wine. Well, you're more you're more into your Elvino does flow in the Heath household, doesn't it? It does, yeah. I, I, we're very much into. We bought um, two cases of a French wine called Caballier just before the lockdown kicked in. Um, so we're going through that. That's a beautiful, full-bodied very fruity red I'd, I'd recommend that caballier there's also one called rex monday uh which is a, again a, a kind of full-bodied red which um you can get and what, what, rex what? monday rex monday yeah sounds like, sounds a, like a guitar plant yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what i was gonna say <laughs> oh my god you two are the same person <laughs> 70s guitarist <laughs> That's, that's, that is good red wine. And then, um, obviously, white wine-wise, Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand, uh, Cloudy Bay, particular favourite of mine. Beer-wise, uh, well, the obvious ones, really. Peroni, not to be too dull. I'm not really a real ale drinker. How about you, boys? Are you uh, Any of you got any uh, interesting... We know Hutchie's a teetotal man now, so he can't really jump in on this. But when you were drinking, Hutchie, what beer was your, your weapon of choice? Uh... I've never really had one that's kind of the one that I drink a lot of. Um, I quite like blonde, like blonde beers. Yeah. Like Garden. Um, but yeah, I've never really, I've never really been a massive beer drinker. Have you ever, have you ever had the um, the cherry beer in in they do in Belgium, the Kriek Boon? That's delicious. It's awesome. Stewie, what's your beer of choice? Hutchie's named it already. I'm very much into my hoe garden at the moment. Yeah, a blonde yeah. beer. Yeah. Roscoe? Oh, we've lost Ross. Ross, you're, 
You've got no sound. Oh, now he's gone. Oh, no. How how long have how long has that been absent for? I don't know. Half an hour. We know we know where the interference is coming from. Oh, there we yeah, go. Yeah, there he is. There he is. Your favourite beer. Uh, I like Superbock as a Portuguese beer. Yes. Greg you, can get, you can get it very cheap at Portuguese cafes. Yeah. Don't they serve that in Nando's, Ross? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so, Superbock is a beautiful beer, though. It takes me back to my our early holidays in, in Portugal. Fantastic mm. stuff. Two more questions from one friend of the show, Jack's Larder. Friend of the show. Yeah, <laughs> I was waiting for someone to sing. Jack Slider, our resident chef, he says, question for today's pod, ham, egg and chips rank from the best bit to the worst. Hmm. Chips, egg, ham. Chips first, egg second, ham third. Assuming all all three of those things are done really well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that. But I think that that... That whole meal as a whole is how I will tell you whether a pub is good or not. That is a, that is a solid pub classic, isn't it? It's a hard one, isn't it? Because you kind of need... Without the egg, the chips are nothing. Because you, you've got, you've got no, nothing to dip them in. But I, I think I concur with Hutchie. So you go chips first. Egg, then ham. Yeah, nice thick cut chips, well yeah. seasoned. Yeah, got to get the egg right. It's got to be nice and runny. But the ham brings a hell of a lot to the party. Don't <laughs> discount the ham. If you've got a good bit of, it's got to be a good bit of gammon, thickly sliced. Yeah, now you're talking. I said lesson for life. Don't discount the ham. Roscoe, would you agree? Are you, are you yeah. chips first? That's the hat trick. Yeah. I think, I think I'd probably agree there as well, boys. I've got to say, that would be the unanimous. Final question from our, our Viking friend Sindre Eliasson. <clears throat> says my question for you, a little version of would you rather. So he's asked us all the questions. Stu, would you rather Town go up and win an FA Cup in the process, or Everton win the Champions League and the Premier League in the same season? Uh, <laughs> I know my sister listens to this and she'll she'll feed this back to my old man so she can close her ears now. Yeah. But I would say Ipswich. Oh. <laughs> right if, if Everton won the Champions League, you would probably be covering Ipswich, Ipswich's game at Rochdale anyway, so you wouldn't be able, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to enjoy it. Exactly. <laughs> Andy Rosenberg offers you 150 grand to run their social media page for a year but that means you won't see your family for 365 days are you saying yes or no <laughs> um i think after this is all over my wife would probably say yes what's <laughs> um, the bunt 150 grand did they say 150 grand one year yeah i'll do that and then i'll take some years off after that, probably. Yeah, that'd be a hard year, though, wouldn't it? Um, and then finally, ask me, Towner in League Two with fantastic numbers on your websites in regards to clicks and general interest. 
or you have terrible numbers, but Town are playing in the Premiership with Drynan up front. Uh, <laughs> these are good ones, Sindre. Um, obviously, you would think the answer would be the, the web hits and stuff, but as I always tell, say to everyone, we what we want more than anything is for Town to be successful. Um, so I'd always take Town being in the Premier League. We know if Town do reach the Premier League, it probably will negatively impact on our figures because there's so much more competition. We've seen that with Norwich this season. There's kind of blanket saturation coverage. Um, but obviously, for us, for you boys to be covering Town in the Premier League would be tremendous. And for the Town as a whole, it would be brilliant. And for us as a paper, you know, we want the, ta- the, the team to be successful. So I'd go with Town in the Premier League and Drynan scoring 25 goals for the season. There's not one for you, Roscoe, but he says he enjoyed very much his chat with you. Um, so there you go. So look out for, for Sindre's chat with Ross coming up as well. So before we go, Roscoe, just um, talk about you've done a special Ross Meets podcast this week. Yeah. George O'Callaghan. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, he's, um, of course, he's currently in lockdown in, in Ireland in his hometown of Cork. But yeah, he, um, he had a very brief spell at town, but it was I thought he had a good little story to tell from his younger days at Port Vale. Uh, he was a promising youngster, then he returned back to Cork. Yeah, during his time here, of course, Jim Jilton signed him, but he actually got meningitis before when he signed us. So he was sort of sort of fearing that he wasn't actually going to sign in the end. So nice little story there. Then he also had a spell in Malaysia managing a team over there. And uh, he signed a, a player that a lot of people may know of, El Hajj Youth, which he uh, regrets very much. So <laughs> fit face. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Wasn't there some Robbie Williams stuff in there as well? Yeah, basically, you know, um, he came through the ranks at Port Vale and uh, Robbie Williams is a Port Vale fan. And um, apparently, yeah, Robbie Williams came into a gym, which George was in. And apparently he went, which one of you is O'Callaghan? And basically, you know, George then said me. And then, yeah, his sister's a big fan of George. I know of Robbie. Um, So... Basically, she wanted something signed from him, and the only thing he could give her to sign was basically his underpants. So she's got that now <laughs> framed up in her home with um, Roy Williams' underpants. So yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, that's obviously now available on the Kings of Anglia. Go back and listen to that. It went out. It should be the one before this podcast if you've not listened to it already. And go back also and listen to our top town 11s of all time. The boys picked them on Monday. Boys, what are the plans for Easter weekend? Obviously, uh, we are all still working um, at times, but um, what what plans have you for what's going to be a obviously a different Easter? I mean, speaking for myself, Easter is not a thing in the Heath household. We've never ever bothered with it. Obviously, we're not in any way religious. Um, but this this year, Easter's a big thing, man. We're we're making hot cross buns tomorrow. I've got Liz an Easter present. We're probably going to be stuffing our faces with chocolate. Obviously, there'll be some Easter wine being consumed as well. Um, but you guys, what, what are you planning? You having uh, Easter egg hunts and all that sort of stuff? Um, nothing really. I know it's really boring. No. <laughs> solo, some solo childcare. Yeah. Oh, is Vicky That's working? Right. <clears throat> yeah. Nah. That's a shame. Oh, yeah. We'll um, survive. We'll do some fun solo stuff. Solo parenting is about survival, isn't it, Hutchie? Yep, get it done, get through, and then put your head on the pillow. You're done. Yeah. You don't, you know, you don't make parenthood sound all that glamorous to me. It's, it's like, great, but it's just, it's tiring, man. It's hard. 
I definitely made the right decision. I was going to bring her in. I'll show you how how uh, excitable she is. I've thought of a, a would you rather for Ross. Do you want that? Go on, do it. W- Ross, would you rather double the strength of your immune system, but you're no longer able to grow? You've only got Hutchie's ability to grow facial hair. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> And that really isn't very good. You might get your tash done and your chin, but those mutton chops that you've got. Yeah. You're a sickly boy, aren't you? So, what was the first one? Sorry, can double the strength of your immune system, which is famously very low. So, you basically never get ill, but you have the ability to grow the facial hair of a four year old <laughs> slash uh, a 33 year old. Yeah, nah, I'm fine. I'm fine to you know have stomach cramps and <laughs> no, I'll, take, I'll take that. You do have a the beard. To be fair, your beard is, is lustrous and wonderful. Well then, boys, I think that's it for us. I don't know when we'll be able to record next week, because obviously Bank Holiday Monday, there's only a couple of us working, uh, which would be the normal day, so we might have to do it on Tuesday. We'll have to see. That To be determined. But wherever you are, whatever you're doing this weekend, have a great time, obviously. Um, stay in touch with us on Kings of Anger, all on the uh, social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Follow us uh, on your various podcast providers. Hit subscribe, and also leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, boys, any other business before we hit the club for the Easter weekend? No other business. No other business. I'm, um, I'm starting my crew career mode, so I'm looking forward to that. On FIFA? Yeah. Okay, we have to give us an update on that next week. Why crew? Liam. Liam of crew. course. Of course. Fair play. Okay, well, um, thanks, obviously, once again for listening. Have a fantastic Easter weekend. Stay safe. Keep washing those hands. Stay indoors, and we'll speak to you again next week. From true crime to football, Brexit to football, more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.